0: Dan, how's it going? I'm um, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, I was going to say I enjoyed yesterday's game. It was dull for quite a lot of it, but it was pretty good at 90 minutes plus three or something.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I sort of quite enjoyed it prior to then because it was the first time in a long time I thought the United looked like a team. Yeah. And a low bar admittedly one that could be limboed under by Robert Wadlow. There's one for your... Uh, Guinness World Guinness Book of Records, 80s fans, <laughs> um, but even though they lacked a little bit creativity, as Wenger was, uh, as Arsene Wenger might say, everyone seemed to know what they were meant to be doing, what everyone yeah. else was meant to yeah. be doing, and it was also extremely gratifying to see actual running taking place. Yeah, a lot of it, actually. The intensity was pretty good yesterday, probably a lot closer to what
0: it wants, and he actually created a lot of shots, you know, I look at the stats, a lot of shots, a lot of low-quality shots. And I guess that was the bit that was missing for all the possession, the ability to work around West Ham's pretty low block wasn't quite there. What did you? What do you make of the system? It, it felt like I mean, it was pretty much an ollie system, except maybe Fred pushed a bit further forward. We've seen that in a few games in recent times, haven't we?
1: Yeah, it feels like this is the system now yeah. that he's going to use. It's worked well enough the last the last two games, last three games now. I'm think I don't know if you try it against a better team, but I mean, because I always thought that 4-2-3-1 was the only way you could do it with these players. But I guess if you've got Fred higher up, then you might win possession a bit higher up and you might keep the ball away from the defence a bit better. Yeah. So, yeah, like you get Bruno. Bruno can run. So he doesn't just have to stand there waiting for something, waiting for the ball to come to him. And particularly the shift that Greenwood put in yesterday, even though he didn't play that well, was nice to see because he doesn't usually demean himself to things like hard work <laughs> defending you, yeah yeah so yeah you're beginning to wonder if is he going to be one of those guys who's just when it comes to it doesn't have like he's got enough to get to where he is but he's not prepared to abuse himself to get to where he should be so seeing that made you think well actually this is the case and it's, it's always the way isn't it really that i mean you read all those stories the players aren't happy and no this one's pissed off and that one's unhappy but you get a few results it all the changes round, yeah. Change changes very quickly.
0: I think the the good thing uh, about yesterday is it felt coordinated and a system they should all be pretty familiar with. Perhaps the only little tweaks were Fred's position and Bruno's position. Maybe it's a double eight. Uh, these are minor things around the the edges, aren't they? And Ronaldo, at least I thought watching the. Previous week's games back, he'd he'd got into Bruno's zone a lot. He wasn't really playing as the number nine. He's playing much too deep. Yeah. And because, look, he doesn't, as we know, (laughs) he doesn't do any running. He he doesn't press. He's still in the bottom 1% of any forward around the big five leagues in Europe. And if he's not going to do that, he just needs to get in the defender's zone and occupy them and be in the right position to score a goal. It's
1: possible that he'd been told to come deeper for the runners to go by him. Yeah, if they're going to do that. I agree with you. He should be within the width of the goal and trying to, trying to like backing into the defenders basically, so that he can come off them. One thing I wondered about him: are we meant to notice he's just for or not? <laughs> Does that fit with the brand? Like, is he is he trying to hide the onset of age, and he's just dyed his hair? That you could always always see that tinge. <laughs> I also think I think Tellers might be at it as well, but. Um, yeah, he's meant meant to... definitely got some grey streaks, Tellez has, yeah. Are we, are we meant to notice, or are we not meant to notice, that I, that is what Ronaldo's doing? I, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall, with the 400 of them that he's got in his house. <laughs> <It's>... Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Maguire, with his little beard, he basically now looks like that lummox nerd at school if hits, pu- <laughs> hits puberty first. And he's got... <laughs> like, what? I, I just... I can't get... Has he gone to his, to his girlfriend? What do you think? She's gone, oh, Harry... You're a real dream dreamboat now.
0: <laughs> I think men with big heads shouldn't wear beards. It just makes their heads look like footballs. But in Harry's case, I guess that's his whole sort of persona, isn't it? Ronaldo, what a strange week he's had. I mean, he wasn't that good yesterday. I like was when he was crap yesterday. Yeah. I would go as far as to say <laughs> that's fair enough. When he when he's like that, he's probably a net negative for the team. But there's a
1: however coming, isn't there?
0: Well, I mean, the however is he's got a few goals this season. The but that's that's he has to contribute that otherwise, what is the point? I don't know where you stand on the the whole drama after last. We didn't talk about it last week. The, the sort of strop he had against Villa. Uh, I'm an adult.
1: I could not give a. F-
0: <laughs> I, I can't. Like, I couldn't believe that there were people that did. I know. I didn't give a fuck. The like, the whole sitting on the step was funny, and it was a kind of minor challenge to Ragnik's authority, I suppose. And then he didn't celebrate the goal. He handled it well. So Ragnar did. Yeah, yeah. He was very clear about it, and uh, he actually called Ronaldo out for being uh, too emotional, which
1: I thought was interesting wording. <laughs> the demonstrative aspect of it, I couldn't give two shits about. Because it's football, it's pant like it's all pantomime. He's him. It's all that, it's all that stuff. Like, if yep. I'm going to start caring about Ronaldo's behaviour, then that yeah, sure yeah. as fuck is not where I'm going to start. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're I... going to start <laughs> with far more we controver- Well, not even controversial necessarily, but we are, we know where this is going. Yep. Yeah, yeah, like, that's where I'm getting bothered. I don't, I don't care about that. The thing that you said about why don't you take off one of the younger players? The rank didn't have to reveal, but did. Made yes. me think, is he starting to undermine him on purpose yeah, yeah. here? I don't know. Well, that
0: felt like it. Ragnick's quite deliberate with his words. He's not that yeah. He's not that emotional. Yeah, uh, I agree. And and his language is pretty good. Uh, English language, that is. Better than my yeah. German. Uh, and so it does feel like that was deliberate, both to call him out. I think because it wasn't a great look for Ragnik. It's, it, it's the kind of Ronaldo on the touchline with Michael Carrick, who's the manager here. Ronaldo sitting on the step sulking. Like, who's really in control? <laughs> and I think we know who won that one. Although Ronaldo's back in the team, and he will be next I, week, and he will be the yeah. week after
1: that. So. I'd, I'd probably have taken him off when we were... I thought the ranking, again, did did well with the substitutions, because I was watching the game and actually said, said, to, said to the friend I was with, uh, I hope when he gets to 80 minutes, he takes off one of the midfield players. Because there's a point where, where you're, when you're chasing the game, yeah. where you still like you want to keep the team structure so you're more likely to do a like for like or change the formation but we tend to go then Cavani for Fred or McTominay seemed like a sensible change yeah because yeah. then because at that point West Ham probably could have won their point yeah but also a point and a loss not that much difference and United really really needed to win that game and West Ham didn't
0: yeah I, I think that's I think that's right I mean look I think there's um, Regnick's been pretty safe with his substitutions in his time what have we had now 9 or 10 games I'm not I lose count but
1: they all sort um, of merge into one long yawn don't they (laughs) (laughs) um
0: yes there is a van hall esque to the football at times but so i think he's been quite safe yesterday he made changes at 60 minutes and well the first change at 60 minutes which i think was probably about the earliest he's done it uh, and it was an impactful one so and you know elanga didn't have a bad game it wasn't as bright as but when you've got either. options, you're able to do when that. you've got options, off good players.
1: Yeah. And Cavani is basically the perfect substitute yeah, because he's a bit like Sheringham in that aspect that he gives you a slightly different threat. It gives you an aerial threat. He yeah. can come deep and he can come deep and hold the ball up. He can, he's not the greatest finisher, but you can trust him. You can trust him to make the right decisions. And, right. That, and when I was talking before, when I said before about Ronaldo and the, however, he was again involved in the goal. Yeah, he was, he was. I
0: can't remember whose ball was it. his ball out, Ronaldo. The defender Ronaldo.
1: Made a, yeah, the defender got in the way yeah. and ended up with Ronaldo. And then they picked the three right passes, one after the other. Yeah. And the three subs
0: are that. Yeah. Which uh, all paid off uh, for the coach in the final third. The three right passes didn't come together very often, did they? <laughs> yeah,
1: and that's the thing. Like, it feels like it's a shame that the breaks net coming now because there is they are building a bit of momentum. And you can see... You, they're not. They haven't quite got the connections on the pitch between the attackers that you, yeah. that you'd like to see. But part of that is just they're not playing together very often. We know that Rashford and Shaw have it. Yeah. They're not both playing. The right like Dallow is settling into the team and ultimately probably isn't good enough in the end. And yeah, agreed. But you can sort of see that Rangnick's team starting to form and. You saw the rate. We see the rate. Saw the way Declan Rice played yesterday as well. Yeah, and think well, he and what he said about how much he likes playing Old Trafford. You sort of got the feeling he fancies it.
0: I know. There wasn't so much a come and get me,
1: plea, plea but uh, drop the knickers
0: and like come hither, please. Yeah, it it was, it. It's
1: definitely looking. at us funny. It was funny actually because the way actually like watching the game, what we what we know United are really missing more than anything is the player Declan Rice or cheaper equivalent in that position. But in that game, it wasn't actually him that we were missing. It was something a bit more Pogba on a good day, really, like a bit more invention further forward and, but if you had Declan Rice, then you'd be able to play another attacking midfield player. You would, yeah. It's that thing about, what do you
0: need? Someone who controls or someone who destroys or someone who can do both. And like you drop Roy Keane into that midfield in a heartbeat and it'd be transformational, wouldn't it? I so, mean, you drop down Fletcher
1: even into that midfield. Never mind Roy <laughs> Keane. And but yeah, yeah. and the story that I guess the story that he also the ranking one's Hydara. Yeah. Which is because I thought think that'd be quite interesting because then if you had Hydara Rice, that if he wants another thing is going to happen, I'm saying the two. It seems like the players that United would not quite like to buy would be Hydara Rice, and yeah. and then at that point. You're sort of starting to think that you're probably changing the way you play a little bit. Then you're becoming more of a Liverpool style team, which would sort of the knock on effect of that would be you'd need fullbacks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because your midfield's got basically only Bruno and he's going to create. It all
0: gets into the realm of fantasy at that point, doesn't it? Because, you know, you don't do that many deals. I don't know. Maybe Richard Arnold is some kind of genius we haven't noticed before, but I suspect that's not the case.
1: Well, it looks like they will be able to buy someone. Yep but only if they get enough, this window, if they get people out the door. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would imagine would be the case. I, I, if they get rid of Lingard and Martial, then I think they might. there's a. And also because results have turned up a little bit now, that their top four is actually there to be had. If United go and sign a midfield player, yeah. that should be a, that you would expect them to get top four. And the speculation versus the accumulation actually makes some level of sense if you're someone that that's, that's your measure of whether you buy yeah. football there or not. My cynicism level is always high, as
0: of, as noted <laughs> regularly. Much as why I'd think about how the Glazers own this club wouldn't point to some kind of proactive use of funds this winter, but they did it with
1: Bruno two years ago. So maybe that makes a difference. I agree with you, and the only reason I mentioned it is because the top four is yep. now it's a competition and yep. one and one that we're close to. It's not. If we were clear in fourth place, we had a 10-point cushion in fourth place, but not going to win the league, there's not a chance they're giving the manager 30 million quid to try him him in the Champions League. That's never going to happen. But when you factor the money that you'd have to spend versus what you could miss out on by not being in the Champions League, plus might get you through another round of the Champions League, which is also quite a lot more money, it starts to make some level of financial sense. And the reason I raised Hydara is because... There was just a well-sourced report that's the, yep. um, in the German press saying that he that Rangnick is desperate to buy him. And we already know that United are desperate to buy rice, not that desperate, yep. but also they bought him last summer. For sure, yeah. Done.
0: The history of the Glazers also says the summer they miss out on the Champions League, which is one in two, is the summer they spend money in order to get back into it because the penalties for being out of it two years in a row are such and so big that, shock, they might not be able to take their dividend. Although they've always managed to find a way of doing yeah. that coming back to the game there were a lot of positives out of yesterday it, it looked coherent the substitutes made an impact Ragna used his substitutes there's a greater energy level I noticed um with Spurs and Conte Spurs went from the lowest running team in the Premier League like fewest number of kilometers covered to the highest in a month
1: yeah impact can't you so. and I guess that's because but Conte I yep. mean Conte first of all has a reputation the the players, when he comes, the players, obviously, like, Nuno was uh, yep. absolutely ludicrous him It was obvious at the time. And I mean, he knew, they knew, the players knew that he was about 600th choice. So they didn't they didn't run for him. Whereas Conte comes as someone who's won the best around. So the players will presumably have been excited for him to come. And on top of that, you've got the fact that he's quite an intimidating individual. So if you're not yep. going to run, number one, you won't play. And he has the political capital to start to leave out whoever he wants because ultimately his stock is higher than that of almost every player at Tottenham and higher than that of the club. So so they're never going to back a player over Conte at this point. Whereas United's a little bit different because they're signing Rangnick, who's not a particularly intimidating individual, doesn't (laughs) appear, although he does seem to shout a lot apparently. And he's he's not a particularly intimidating individual and he doesn't have the CV that Conte has either. So... So the players, actually, he's sort of got to win them over and he's got to persuade them to do as he says. And you kind of think, like, listen, dickheads, you play for Manchester United, like, do it. But people are people and no one likes taking orders off anyone and no one likes taking yep. orders off any boss who they don't respect. And it doesn't matter whether you're a footballer or whatever you do, that will be the case. And when someone new comes in to tell you what to do, not lots of people are not going to immediately be, yep. right, well let me obey. And that's not particularly a bad thing. If I took football the Manchester United out of it, <laughs> I'd be back in the workers every time. Like the boss has, the boss has to prove himself. And even then you can understand why people try and do as little as possible or want to be convinced this person knows what they're talking about.
0: Yeah, I, I take all this with a grain of salt, but there were a rash of stuff coming out from a whole range of uh, different outlets. Um, about Ragnik's coaching and the people he's brought in alongside him. Not particularly high reputations, his team, lower reputations than his. And with wins that all died down, won't it? And every everyone's gonna be much happier and believe in this manager and do more likely to do what he wants them to do. That he's been flexible enough. He's not been so dogmatic with his, his the system he came in and said, This is my system. And he's ditched it pretty quickly. I think that at least leads to some Level of I'm going to listen or understand what my players are about, and that's good. Yeah, um, I
1: agreed. I was s- surprised that he like because his that four two 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 clearly marginalised Bruno, and yeah, you can't afford to do that. And then, but then I was concerned when basically he dropped Bruno at the earliest available opportunity. When he missed, was it the uh, the Burnley game? Yeah, and they beat the bottom club. And then he decides that this 4-2-2-2 is actually good enough and he doesn't need to pick Bruno in the next game when he's back from suspension. And that to me was concerning, just thought it was so stupid, but mm-hmm. he's obviously, he's not done it again. And it's no. very <laughs> obvious now that Bruno is going to be the centerpiece of the team.
0: It doesn't matter what, what the perceived drop off is in Bruno's performances, every single attacking metric goes through Bruno. It's obvious both with your eyes. It has to go through Bruno for United to function, and with the data, nothing happens if, if he's not playing.
1: Nothing, Never. nothing. Even yesterday, he didn't play well yesterday, but it looked like if something was going to happen, it looked like it was going to yeah. be him sure, that made the it. The radar was off, him- wasn't it? You know,
0: he was the the passes were going astray. I mean, partly he was trying to hit these fifty yard passes because he was a little deeper, but. At least something's been, it's not like Fred or McTominay, I I was going to say not like Fred or McTominay would pick a pass, but Fred's picked a couple in recent games, hasn't he?
1: Uh, McTominay's long passing is actually not bad, like his problem is the short game. It's getting the ball out and part is like taking up a position where he's not blocked by the cover shadow and where he, and picking clever, quick, sharp, like Roy Keane passes basically into midfield. But his long passing is actually not bad. And he's not bad around the box either. It's just that phase of the game when you're trying to move the ball from defence into midfield is where McTominay has a problem. And one of the reasons I guess I would persevere with him, aside from the fact that we know what his good qualities are, and he does have them, is that the thing that he doesn't do well is that. And it just didn't... It it never really seemed like it's something that... The ability to get
0: out of the passing lane or get into his passing lane, get out of the cover has always
1: been a problem and to the point it looks like he's trying to hide but he's hiding yeah it's a strange one because he's literally like he's 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 one of the few players with reliable asshole in that team he's the only one who turned up in gdansk they, without him in gdansk yep. they would have lost in 90 minutes i think and he's someone that in a big game ideally yeah you'd like a better player than him like him and fred you can argue about him and fred and what they do are they good are they crap which one's better You want a better player. You want better players than both of them. Ultimately, they're both good to have around, but I don't think either really is good enough for where United want to get to. But I feel like with Fred, the problem, the main problem is the carelessness of the passing and that sort of feels Mm -hmm. like it should be resolvable. But at the same time, it just feels like you've probably always done that. Whereas McTominay, it's more like, like, it's just understanding the game. It's not tech. It's not exactly a technical skill. It's just. Look where you are. Yep. <laughs> I feel like he should be able to get by that with, I mean, he should be able to get by himself, shouldn't really do it in the first place, but I have some hope that he'll get better at that. But my, obviously, my main hope is that they sign at least one midfield player and, and maybe Hanover will be good enough to be the other one.
0: Yeah. So other performance yesterday, I thought the interesting. I mean, Harry Maguire did okay on his return, no, no horrendous fuck ups, which is, you know, normally what you're looking for for Harry Maguire. How <laughs> You sound like a,
1: Annette, Annette Benning in um, American Beauty. You'd, well, you didn't, you didn't screw up once when, the, when, when in the concert. But I thought Maguire I thought Maguire played quite he well. He got yesterday. the ball into
0: midfield really well. I thought it does help. It's one of the things he's actually pretty strong at progressing the ball out of defence into midfield. And, and I played quite a few longer passes yesterday as well, which obviously ran it once. I needed to get the ball forward pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, they've started kicking it out yeah. again. I have a problem with I, that. Particularly, like they're not great at passing out. If
0: we were able to tiki-taka it all the way up, the thinking, the logic is that you're actually more likely to retain possession and create a chance that way. But United haven't been able to play that like that for years.
1: Yeah, it takes a high level to be yeah. able to do that. I think the other thing that we need to acknowledge is West Ham yeah. is good. And I, I, it's not enjoyable to say, but this is where United are at the moment, a bit better than West yeah. Ham. And probably that's because United aren't good, but also it's because West Ham are good. Like they're a settled team. They know what they're doing. They've got a lot big starkers who are able to get in the way and block up the pitch. They have a system that works. And uh, yeah, they beat Liverpool. Yep. They're, 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 a, they're a good team. A so, good team.
0: And actually, probably, apart from Moise's Piss being boiled at the end, I'm not sure, was it like the lack of any time? I thought it was offside. it was offside. Yeah. I mean, I'm always happy to see Moise's Piss being boiled. boiled. <laughs> Not as much as Thomas Franks was the
1: week before, which was also funny. Oh my gosh. It's so funny about, what makes me laugh about him is like a week ago, no dickhead knew who that dickhead <laughs> yeah. was. And now every dickhead thinks that dickhead's a dickhead because he just behaved with such alarming ridiculousness. He did it again this week though. Did you see him? Yeah, he got, got, yeah, yeah, got off. sent
0: off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah, Moyes being annoyed I was uh, always enjoyable. But he'd probably be disappointed with West Ham performance there have been matches old traffic in recent times where old, uh, West Ham have won where they played a lot better than that um, and they didn't really get into the game
1: as an attacking force at all I think that he might I mean I don't think he'll feel this I think he'll feel that he was happy with yep. the point and he very very nearly yep. got it but I think I, was, I saw West Ham fans on Twitter complaining that he had not he'd been too defensive yeah. and he hadn't gone for it but I'm not sure because if he had gone for it, I think United probably would have picked yeah. them off. United played well enough, so that if West Ham would have left spaces, I think United probably would have picked yeah. them off, and they would have lost.
0: It's a fair shout. Uh, Moyes' record against uh, "quote unquote" big six clubs is uh, pretty
1: horrendous, isn't it? So oh, he I, know. I remember one of the one of the many bitter laughs of that time Moyes was manager of United was when Everton come without him and win <laughs> and, and, and win, yeah. 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 And there's that season where like all these clubs that haven't won at United basically in the entirety of the third yep. year, of, like Southampton and f-ing, um, Newcastle, and start getting results. Old Trafford. Yeah,
0: it's uh, sad times. It was. Like, sadly, it's continued over the last sort of, six or seven years. With- each week, there's a, a new club that manages to break some 40-year-old records. Wolves, wasn't it, the last time out? Anyway, West Ham just didn't offer much. And that was the other positive, I guess, from United's performance. Just, they just that there weren't too many panics at the back, which would seem to be a regular thing, don't they? But obviously, Raphael Varane being fit and back had some sort of level of quality and it's calmness. And
1: handsomeness. Yeah. Oh, and Han- yeah, he's a good-looking fella. Was, it's it's important. Like, all through the time that I've been supporting United, there have been some extremely handsome players, and now we've got Cavani and Varane, yeah. and it feels like it's getting back to
0: where it needs to He's be. He's got lovely hair, Cavani. Lovely, lo- lovely hair, you know. You, you might want to stroke it.
1: But, and just a lovely, like, craggy face that enjoys doing wholesome activities, such as rambling. <laughs> and perhaps he also enjoys jigsaw puzzles. I'm not <laughs> sure. But, yeah, like, Varane, like, United's supposed to have cool players. Yep. And... Varane is one of them and he's getting better. He's much better now than he was in that first game back. Yes. And if him staying fit is obviously will be extremely significant. And because you'll see that the other players will play better because they're playing with a better player and someone who knows what to do, but also just as they settle down and play games together with each other, that's gonna, that's gonna make a big difference because if you're constantly changing the team and particularly the defense, you won't see very much in the way of cohesion and you will panic
0: much more often it's been a completely new back four basically hasn't it and and now we'll I assume with Maguire back in the side Lindelof missed yesterday go what well, his house was burgled and sounded pretty traumatic I assume Maguire's back with Varane now uh, Shaw's another couple of weeks away from fitness and wan on the bench
1: permanently which is probably the best place for him I mean he's someone who I felt like I sort of like to see how he did with a different coaching team because I know that the inability to control and kick the ball is problematic, but felt like he was making improvements in that aspect. And then he just went backwards this season. But ultimately, if United are trying to be a Rangnick-cut style team, which they are because he's staying on the, whether he appoints himself or whether he doesn't, yep. he's going to appoint someone like him. And it's going to need someone who isn't one for basically, to play play right back. For sure.
0: Yeah. I guess the logic two years ago, two and a half years ago now, was that they could turn what was a former wing a fullback who was competent in all parts of the pitch. And it's just not really ever happened. It's
1: incredible. He got to youth team level as a winger. And it all shows in the data as
0: well. He drives forward a lot. He gets into the positions, which is like a... It's a big red herring, really, because he gets the ball a lot and does absolutely nothing with it. So. He's
1: got better. He got better as a ball carrier. But that's which is a useful quality, yeah. but not if you just hoof it back to the other team. So Subs- I don't suppose, this is the answer long term. He's he
0: at least again the metrics show that he's more effective in the final third. He gets the ball to his fellow teammates more often, which is a useful quality. He's a good squad. He's probably an acceptable squad. And I don't know whether that's what he wants. He'd probably be happy picking up a check. He's out of contract in 18 months' time, so that will factor into the thinking, I imagine. And, like, where United need to strengthen it elsewhere, midfield particularly, probably means that they're not going to be spunking millions and millions on too many new fullbacks, especially if Shaw signs a new contract, which he might well do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it sort of depends, really, what the plan is for Hannibal, what the plan is for Laird, and who leaves, but... If Pogba they need a they need them if you're there anyway. If Pogba goes, which presumably he yep. does, then then they sort of need two. Yeah. Then Lingard's gonna go, Matter's gonna go.
0: I mean, you're not gonna get a lot of wages off the wage budget anyway this summer. It's just gonna happen through some natural wastage uh, and presumably a couple of sales, and that that makes a big difference.
1: I mean theres Henderson's another yeah. one. Like there's 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 a lot of I mean, there's a lot of money there. Yeah, there is
0: it's 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 interesting. It's one of the Hallmarks of the time that Edward Wood was in charge and he's in charge for another seven days and counting that uh, United have been particularly poor at selling. Chelsea, just playing now as we speak, have made something like £400 million in player sales in the last five years. They're basically
1: running two businesses. They've got a football club and they've got a talent business. Yes, yes,
0: you know, talent hoarding, which may be disrupted by the proposals around just how many players you're allowed to have out on loan. Yeah. and uh,
1: But at the moment, they've found that they've found that loophole in the system, a way that you can not self sustain, but do enough, whatever, so that you can spend the money because you're making so much other money. Yes. And but it's not right. And I think that they do need to amend the rules to stop it from happening. But you can't argue they've done it well. Yeah,
0: no, they've done it very well. And obviously, they have a head in Marina Sky, who really seems to know what she's doing. And what they've now done is they've started actually producing high-level players for the first yep. team. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was interesting coming back to Thomas Frank again. Uh, he made such a big <laughs> such, I love Thomas Frank. such a big deal about the disparity in money. <laughs> and that- obviously I have major red tinted glasses, but I'm also pretty financially literate. And I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> I had a quick look at Brentford's financials they spend 270 percent of their revenue on wages if there's a club financially doping here it's Brentford <laughs> so, and, and and this and it's all based on the ability to sell and sell well and buy sensibly and as soon as that goes wrong they're in real trouble uh, basically, that model is one bad sale away. And also,
1: the guy's 48 years old and he's got curtains. <laughs> but just take the L, watch. I hope no one noticed. But no, just don't draw attention to himself. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there Googling, how old is this Blake with those curtains? But I, I, I cannot get enough of watching that interview. And that's, it felt like, I don't know, like I doubt, I doubt the players care. But definitely to me as a support, that's what I want United to be doing. I want them to be making... 48 year old men with curtains, apoplectic <laughs> yes. with rage and then embarrassing themselves on television. That's a large, significant chunk of what football about to me <laughs> is exactly that someone like him was making good. a show of himself and, and like, and then the fact that he then followed it up again, is just like, oh my gosh, it's like he's competing with Thomas Partey for who can have, who can have the worst possible week. It was entertaining. We
0: want those characters and we? we want that passion. Um, Talking about characters and passion, we talked about the goal a little bit, but I have to say I did enjoy the footage. I normally want to avoid United's uh, social media accounts, but they stuck out the the goal footage from multiple multiple angles, and uh, Edison uh, celebrating it like he scored the goal was was probably enjoyable. I thought he
1: he always uh, goes on. Oh, the whole <laughs> thing was enjoyable. McTominay like trying to charge them and just completely <laughs> <Yeah>. missing, and <laughs> sending himself careering over on the I, shoulders. I, I, like whenever. There's no footage of that ilk that doesn't add freeson to strides. Oh, no, for sure. Actually, I, I don't know whether you caught the footage of
0: Spurs winning at Leicester. The, I did. The, fans, the sort of fan footage, which was, I mean,
1: would have been great if you're a Spurs fan. One of my yeah. friends was a Spurs fan in the home end, right. actually. And, um, he, right. and there was the guy who, I don't know if you saw this one, there was the guy who was like mouthing off to the Spurs fans while yes. the winner went in. <laughs> There's just yes. everything everything you want from a football match. Just exactly that. And there was some there was another there was another video of the Leicester fans who were basically filming the end, bitching about it, as the Withery yeah. as, the as
0: the girls were going in. Yeah, good stuff for you Spurs fans.
1: And good stuff for United. It's like obviously
0: the fans fans go home elated the team's going to be elated because what would have been a frustrating draw turned into a win with what five seconds remaining I think they kicked off and that was that it was it. It? it was
1: it was it was almost more or less as late as it's possible to score and Rashford has scored more last-minute winners than any other player in the Premier League in Premier League history yeah I know football did exist before 92 but it's an
0: interesting stat
1: I think that we see more late, more last-minute winners than we ever did before yeah. as it happens. It doesn't mean that it will necessarily be the case that he has still scored more than anyone. But it is, does make a point about him that he's more, even though he's unreliable, he's yeah. much more reliable than most of the other players we've seen in the post-Fergie yeah. era. Like His big game performances in particular, goals in Derby, his goals against Liverpool, the winner against Anderlecht, yeah. the winner against Vigo in the first leg, man the match in the cup final and um, i think it's probably fair to say we hoped he'd be a little bit better now yep. than than what he is yeah. but he is still he is still good he's still good and, and there's
0: there's you know he's still 24 and there's so there's time not much time not loads not of time lo- yeah. yeah and and certainly the injuries over the last 2 years are concerning and and he was probably overplayed right and and that would have contributed um probably to the stress fracture i'm not you know I, I, I'm not medically trained so I'm making that one up and then the foot and shoulder inju- injuries last season it's like all of that can derail a career we've seen plenty of players been derailed by that Tom and flying into his teammates yesterday he, uh, he could have popped his shoulder out <laughs> if that was Brian Robson both shoulders would have come out as regularly did so these things can uh, ruin a career and I hope for Marcus's sake he's fit all the way through to the end of the season because He's going to score goals for United if he is. He's got something extra. And that pace is super, super useful in a Ragnik side where you want quick transitions.
1: And he's got a fight for his place now. Yeah, so yeah. if he doesn't if he doesn't put it in in the way that Ragnik wants, he had lost his place. Yep. I think there's probably a good chance he starts the next game now instead of Elanga because he's done enough to win yep. his place back probably. But if you don't play well, you won't play. And that was uh, the
0: real usefulness of Elanga coming into the side, wasn't it? Uh, to say to a few of them. Know, Jaden Sancho included he didn't didn't yeah. get a sniff yesterday not even sure he was on the bench actually. I, no
1: he he no that was because he'd he still oh he's still family was, member fa- yeah family of course yeah, yeah. Oh, so, that was the other part of the a... Thomas Frank
0: interview Thomas I'm just channeling him at this yeah. point yeah <laughs> sorry to keep keep going back to this, but it was one of those interviews where he got absolutely everything wrong didn't he <laughs> spectacularly, but yes.
1: just it was just the absolute like bitterness of it all and just so many different aspects. If your team played better or could finish and have some composure in front of the but goal, they, they would have won, won. That game. Yep, yep. And the goals that you say, you'd stop bitching about Sancho who didn't play. The three goals were scored by players whose combined value is zero, was zero yep. and significantly less than that of Ivan Toney. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who did, by the way, score a banger today? He, if he'd uh, had his shooting
0: boots on against United, United would have been in trouble in that first half. Uh, anyway, anything else to say about this West Ham game? It leaves United in the top four, just about, because Arsenal didn't I win today. depends what Spurs and Chelsea do, obviously, um, as we're speaking. But so it's good for the club. And I guess we want United to be going to play in the Champions League more often and uh, miserably failing at the group stage. You know, it's, it's better than the Europa League
1: hundred percent, I can't be doing with another year of the Europa League. Just so unbearable. Or West adaptant. the conference. You're right. And then I think from here, United should be able to take care of, to take care of the top four, but also I want, they need to start playing better because they should be Atletico and once you get into the last, once you get into the last day, yeah. you're not that far away. And there will be teams in the last eight that you can beat. Yeah. I would back, United's best level probably doesn't beat Bayern Munich no. in any, however well or badly Munich played, but they could be, their top level could be any of, the team, any of the teams that are left.
0: Sure. And also, you know, not not to bang on about finances, it makes a big difference to United's coefficient and pool money as well. I mean, a really big difference. It's tens of millions, basically, if United go further in the, the Champions League. And maybe the Glazers change the habit of a lifetime and spunk some of that money in there. In the right way in the transfer market.
1: So the whole thing is, it's also it's just momentum. It makes yeah, like it makes the club seem attractive to the players that you want to sign. Makes the players feel better about being there, feel more confident in themselves, and happier that they're going somewhere. and They're not wasting their career as. And there must be players. There'll be players in that dressing room like Pogba and De Gea. Yep, will be thinking, I could have basically been? wasted yep. my best years doing bollocks. And it's not just United's fault. It's also their fault, but. United are also partially responsible for that. Like the vision they sold Pogba was a lie. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not defending Pogba particularly by saying that because I see all the say, I see lots of things that I I, I don't like about Pogba. And he's got amazing talent and touch and imagination, but the lack of intensity is a problem. Sure. But if you put him in a team with players of similar ability, his intensity would raise or they would be able to carry it. In order to, get. I
0: imagine, and this is a kind of counterfactual I can't prove or disprove, but I imagine if he'd chosen Madrid when he had the chance to, rather than coming back to United, that the last six years of his career would have looked very different. Uh, I've, yeah, he'd so, be
1: happier. I've heard that, I'm sure of that.
0: And, and there the, hey, was, you know, one broken fax machine email. Edward would fuck up whatever happened on that evening when, when the papers in went in, what, five minutes late. From from being the same, you know, he just certainly won a lot more silverware.
1: And what we saw with Dechay was that he was he went stale. Yeah, he was the he was the best player in a crap team that wasn't in danger of winning anything good. He was under no they were they weren't competing for anything good, and he was un, and he wasn't even playing in the cup games. And he was under his place wasn't under threat. Yeah, and so he went stale, started tossing them in, and as soon as the team got a bit better, and his he was going to lose his place to Henderson. Hey, Presto he's playing again, and he's he's still not perfect. Obviously, like the needs to come for his cross, it needs to come it, for cross. His never to change that. Yeah, that's but, unlikely to ever change. Yep. But we're seeing much closer t- to his top level, such that we would f- without him. This season. it's a boring stat, but his expected goals versus actual
0: goals against is really low. He's saved United some like eight or nine goals, and having this a yeah.
1: goalkeeper like I think there's a. Stri- It might not be a coincidence that Maguire's best form for United came in front of Henderson. Right, yeah. Because I think there's a strong chance that the back four prefer playing in front of Henderson in terms of the way that they're going to be organized. Because they know that the keeper probably talks a lot more and they know that he's going to come, but he's not going to save the drop bollocks in the way that De Gea has. And one versus the other this season, I'm absolutely certain that we're better off with (laughs) De Gea not dominating the six-yard box than we are with Henderson doing a lot of shouting. He's basically Ramsdale, isn't he, Henderson? Like, he's always, he's always, always talking, like, talks and talks an astonishingly good game, but his keeping is not yet caught up. Like, not crap and like potential and ability to get better, but neither of those like, don't appear to have the athleticism that you need to be one of the best. That's true. Anyway, I, I've run out of stuff to say about
0: West Ham United uh, and United this week. Any other thoughts? We haven't got a game next week because it's the the winter break, and then it's the cup game after that.
1: Yeah, it's a shame to lose that momentum, as Shane Warren would say. And I don't think they're going away to, like a
0: few of the players are going away, but they're not going away as a squad. I think Arsenal are off to Dubai or Abu Dhabi or something like that tonight. I mean, someone sent me,
1: yeah, someone sent me a photo of Maguire and Dallow and Rashford, I think, going to Dubai, because right. I think the point was to notice how crap their clothes were. <laughs> they're just <in laughs> terrible wigs. <laughs> terrible rigs, not terrible wigs. Maybe terrible wings also, but yeah, I had assumed that this wouldn't be holiday time. This would be training time, but I guess maybe break means break. Maybe they're away for some time and work, do work the rest of the time. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, it was, like someone who's spent a lot of time traveling, I don't find that relaxing. Even sitting in first class on a plane, that whole process. It's a five-hour flight to the Middle East overnight for three days, but maybe, you know, if they love it, I guess. Uh, is that it, how long they've gone for? I assume it's not a week, but maybe it is. I don't know. Is it that on Miami? And I guess there's restrictions on getting into the US. So, you know, maybe they don't
1: want to do that. I know, there's loads of interesting places you can go to get sun at this time of the year. So um, there are,
0: yeah. Not if you're a footballer. It's pretty much restricted. Miami, the Middle East and Ayanape. That's yeah, it for the planet. Get, is it hot Ayanape at this point? No, I don't think yeah. so. so. Not that I spend a lot of time in Ayanape or in fact, any time in Napa, So <laughs> I'm just assuming. Anyway, I guess that's it for this week. Fun chatting to you as always. Good result for United. A cup game up next. Middlesbrough. Uh, I haven't seen anything in
1: Middlesbrough. Really, they've got better with it's the Wilder, right. yeah. I believe,
0: yeah. So, uh, we'll see what the team they put out. I mean, it's hard to make any kind of predictions about that two weeks out.
1: Don't even know who's going to be there. I mean, no. you could easily see Martial beat and um, Lingard gone, and it'd probably be good for all of them and the club if they did. I agree. Once said, at the beginning, if someone doesn't want to be there, Boy, yeah, 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 not, nothing personal, particularly, depend, depending on who it is. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, true. Uh,
0: I mean, it was interesting that uh, Tony Martial came on and uh, played a big part in the goal, but got booed uh, by a you know a, a, an audible selection of uh, the Old Trafford crowd yesterday. I
1: mean, he because uh, he's he's a massive frustration, Martial, because he's got a lot more talent than output. Yep, and and so I mean, obviously, it's also the fact. Oh my gosh, what a goal. Yeah, it's a beauty from Ziyech just as we're talking. (laughs) Wow. That was an absolutely ridiculous goal. And not bad for United either. I mean, I've sort of felt like Chelsea were catchable, but ultimately it's fine to be further ahead of Spurs.
0: All righty, backers, uh, we're going to chat about Premier League stuff. And uh, Dan, how can we catch you on the socials? Uh, at Daniel Harris. At Daniel Harris. I'm at NQAT pod when I can be bothered to tweet. And there is an Instagram. Not that you'll see much stuff on there. And a Facebook page that hasn't changed in about 10 years. Thanks everyone for listening. Backers, stay tuned. Everyone else, we'll see you in a couple of weeks.
1: In a bit.